Legend has it that it was written by the Dark Ones, Necronomicon Ex Mortis. Roughly translated, Book of the Dead. The book served as a passageway to the evil worlds beyond. It was written long ago. The seas ran red with blood. It was this blood that was used to ink the book. In the year 1300 AD, the book disappeared. Popheads and welcome to issue 45 of 3BZ Presents Popcast, a.k.a. the TomCast Popcast. And my name is Tom. Please follow this awesome small independent podcast on social media at TomCast underscore Popcast on Twitter and at the TomCast underscore Popcast on Instagram. And if you're feeling like it, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash TomCastPopCast. Remember, this is the pop culture podcast that knows it's a trick. Get an axe. And joining me today, a special guest, reaching out via telephone from the great city of Los Angeles. You know him. You love him. The man who started this program with me. My brother, Mark. Welcome, sir. How are you? Howdy. I'm good. How are you? How is life in the Los Angeles? It's hot and it's burning down. (laughs) And so Dodgers, it's kind of, kind of the usual for October. Yeah, well, the Dodgers had a meltdown. Now the city's having one, too. Makes sense. Makes sense, yeah. All right. Well, welcome back. It's been too long. Indeed. I'm glad we were able to figure out this phone thing. So Mark is on a phone. If things sound a little different, he's not in the same room. I'm hoping the audio quality uh, is is sufficient, that you can hear us both clearly and audibly. Right. But Mark's here for, for a very special reason. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's October, it's Halloween time. We love Halloween. We love scary movies. Um, and we're here to talk about one of our, one of our, our favorites, a, a, a cult classic of cinema. Uh, we're here to talk about the evil dead. And, and Mark is pretty much my expert on all things evil dead. You are an aficionado. Is that, is that not correct? I would say so. I hope I live up to the title, though. Well, you're the best this podcast can get, and that's that's the important thing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, uh, Bruce Campbell doesn't return my calls, and and, and uh, Sam Raimi has a restraining order. So we we, <laughs> we we come we turn to you, Mark, to fill in the blanks. All right. <laughs> so uh, you and I, we grew up together. We love these movies. Yes. What? Uh, yes. What, what? What can we say about these movies? About the you know the Evil Dead in particular. I, I kind of want to focus on. One and two, even though I know my quotes from Army, Army of Darkness. <laughs> right. 
But I, I kind of want to focus on Evil Dead, the main, the main two. What is okay. it? What is it about these movies that that that, that captured your your imagination and your your attention? Um. Well, first, I think it was kind of the the lore of the films. This idea of the Necronomicon, Ex Mortis, the Book of the Dead. Um, it's that introduction in Evil Dead Two, um, and they reference it in the original Evil Dead a little bit on on the tape recorder about where the book comes from, but that it was written in a time long forgotten when the seas run red with blood. And so there were a lot of fantasy elements already built into the story. Yeah, a lot of mythology uh, built in there, yeah. That definitely appealed to me. And when I saw... I saw Army of Darkness first. I actually watched these films in reverse. Um, I think that so, might be the case for all of us, actually. For, I think it's the case for me yeah. as well. Yeah, but so so when I saw Evil Dead 2, I was probably about 13. And at the time, I hadn't been exposed to H.P. Lovecraft and the Cthulhu um, mythos. But that's kind of where all of that stuff came from Mm -hmm. the the backstory of the book and you know as i've gotten older i've explored hp lovecraft and and that sort of cosmic horror and it's just as appealing as appealing to me today as it as it was back then when i was 13 and so i think that was kind of one of the first things that that it it just kind of like hooked me It it, it was the fact that you were watching this smaller film but it behind it is there's a much grander scale right 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 so yeah, I, I, yeah I, and no go ahead sorry. I, I was gonna say i i 100 agree with you i love that it was there's kind of like a unlike a lot of horror films of of the time uh there was a really grander sense of kind of like world building behind it you know like you said with the mythology right. and, and 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 i don't know it, it just seemed like a really rich environment they were creating and the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the first Evil Dead film is basically a student film that just ended up getting, you know, becoming a, a, a cult thing, right? Well, it, it wasn't a student film. It was just simply a movie made by a bunch of kids who were passionate about filmmaking. Sam Raimi, Bruce Tappert, and Rob... Sam Raimi... Robert Tappert. And Rob, Rob Tappert. Yeah, Bruce Campbell, um, Rob Tappert, yeah. Yeah, they were all friends growing up, and and they made eight millimeter movies together in in their backyards, and they had. And this is in like rural made, Michigan, right? I mean, this is like this is not yes. close to Hollywood, right? And they had made an eight millimeter film called Within the Woods, which they used to get investors to make a feature film. That feature film turned out to be The Evil Dead. So I, I don't think uh, an actual film school um, played a part in it. Okay, I, I might be mistaken, but I, I don't remember that that aspect. I think that's just one of the, one of the kind of the urban myths that maybe have come up around the movie. You may be you may be right. I'm trying to I I, I know Bruce Campbell talks a lot about it uh, in in his his autobiography, the uh, If Chins Could Kill, not uh, autobiography that he that he wrote, that, which is excellent, and and talks right. a lot about 
you know, the making of the original Evil Dead and, and what went into it and kind of how they did it, too. I mean, it's a really fascinating book for anybody who's, A, a fan of Bruce Campbell, but also just a, a, a movie fan will, will enjoy that book as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially if you're a movie fan who's an aspiring filmmaker and you're nowhere near Hollywood. Yeah, well, I mean, and, you know, the world's gotten smaller in that sense, too. Like, it's it's so much easier for aspiring filmmakers nowadays, you know, with, with you know, you can just make your movie put up on YouTube. Yeah. You know, record on, record on your iPhone or whatnot. The cameras are, yeah. are be- way better. Than, the cameras on your phone are better than what, what Sam Raimi had at the time. That's debatable. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm overstating my, my, my technological knowledge here. No, I just, I, like, um... Like these cameras are de- the camera on your phone is definitely better than say a mini DV camera that I shot a, a short film on back in like the early two thousands. But in terms of they, there's just something that you get with actual film, actual celluloid that, in my opinion, digital filmmaking still doesn't quite capture. Mm-hmm. So that so it it's it's an entirely subjective thing. So. So, so kind of, I kind of, if you, if you can, you know, let's kind of like walk through Evil Dead. I mean, I, I would imagine okay. even even by you know the early '80s standard, I mean, the, the cabin in the woods kind of vibe was that was like a horror trope by then, right? Honestly, I'm I'm not sure. I I I can't think of too many cabin in the woods movies that I had seen. Or that I know of that that were released prior to to Evil Dead. Maybe there there were some that that I don't that I don't know about, like some some B movies that that I've yet to come across. But I mean, when you think about horror cinema, um, you know, especially during the seventies, and, and and I think it's important to remember that Evil Dead was made during the seventies. It was simply released in nineteen eighty or nineteen eighty one. That's a great point. But they 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 shot that film for the most part in the late seventies. Um, you know, but you had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you had things like, uh, the exorcist, you had Halloween and, you know, those were, those weren't cabin in the woods movies. Um, you know, the horror has always thrived on isolated locations. I think that's kind of almost an essential for, for the genre. But as far as like, just like a, a cabin in the woods, I, I don't know of, of much prior to Evil Dead. Oh, interesting. Okay, I so I could, again, I, I could be wrong. There's plenty of movies out there I haven't seen. No, I mean, I'll be honest. I I couldn't think of anything either. But your your depth of knowledge with horror is is you know vastly superior to mine. So if if you say that there's not a lot, I I, I tend to believe it. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, perhaps what they were you know, I you know obviously we we can't speak for for Ramey and, and Tapper and, and Campbell. But perhaps they were just tapping into like a lot of the, the scary stories that existed at the time, you know, like you know, almost like the Brothers Grimm kind of fairy tales of like the scary witch house in the in the middle of the woods and things like that. Like you said, the isolation aspect yeah. of things. Yeah, definitely something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like like I think if if you go back to to if, if you include literature in that, like I you know I think there's some Lovecraft stories that you know maybe it's not like a cabin in the woods, but it's isolated location things like that. So I think if you include literature, then then yeah, you know horror. I, I'm thinking mostly just movies, um, but yeah, uh, then 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 a cabin in the woods has probably been done. 
Yeah, there's a several I, times. I I, I remember there's a. I one I forget what year it was maybe a year or two ago. I I know I gave you a book for Christmas of like scary stories or whatever, and there's a there's a great one of um. Of that of that very thing, you know, it's 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 a. Uh, oh, why can't I think of? I know, I know the book that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's over here on my bookshelf, Canterbury Classics. It is a Canterbury uh, classic. That is correct. Yeah, I've only read some of the stories in it. I haven't, so I'm not sure specifically which one you're you're talking about. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the story I'm thinking of is it's a uh, young Goodman Brown by Nathaniel Hawthorne, a uh, uh, a Puritan of, at, of the times. You know, when 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 America was first being colonized and settled, uh, wrote a a horror story of a of a young Puritan leaving a villa, a Salem village, going into the woods and having an encounter with the devil. So I mean, All right. those are the kinds of things that you know maybe were uh, maybe maybe a young Sam Raimi read in, in high school or something, or was at least exposed to at some point, something like that. I mean, that, again, the the woods used to be scary. You yeah, know, and there's lots of films to uh, more films nowadays that are, that are set in that time actually that kind of illustrate that fact. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of The Witch in particular, that kind of show the that, yeah. that isolationism and and, and fear of. of the unknown and of, of the, the dark corners outside of your, your little plot of land. Yeah. And the, which was a great film, which if you haven't seen it, you should. Yeah. What was the name of that cool goat at the end? Black Adam or something? Black Phillip. Black Phillip. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a comic book guy. Black Adam popped in my brain. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> well, that's the kind of dork I am. And you should know that yeah. by now. I should. I should. Uh, so, so we get we get uh, a movie, Evil Dead. You know, a group of, of you know uh, horny teenagers traveling to the woods for a, for a weekend getaway. And uh, you know, you just you just come across the book of a dead, the book of the dead, and you know, you listen to a tape and an incantation, and uh, uh, bad things happen. But it's not. Now, don't get me wrong. The first Evil Dead is obviously I, I would think is more of a horror movie. Over the second one, which I think has more funny moments, like like horror yeah. comedy kind of things. Yes. Um, but even the first film, it, it, it has the gore, but it has like a tongue-in-cheekness to it too, right? Would you agree? I don't know about tongue-in-cheek, but it definitely has a sense of humor. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is pretty funny. I mean, with the incantations and then... Uh, but I, what, what's interesting? Is, I mean, the story's interesting and appealing uh, uh, just for a, a, a fan of, of the horror genre. Um, but I think I think we both agree. Like where the movie really comes to life is with Sam Raimi's unique directorial style and and what happens, like the the unique camera shots, and then obviously the the way they use gore. Absolutely. Um, Sam Raimi was doing things with the camera that no other filmmaker at the time was doing. Um, it's, it's very inventive and the camera just has this frenetic, insane quality to it that it just, it just feels alive. Um, and it, it serves that purpose of putting you in the same shoes as the character of Ash. It's, it's, utterly insane and and it's it's making you 
feel what he's going through while at the same time giving lending the film this sort of graphic quality uh, that that giving it a look that's unlike unlike anything else at the time. No, it, it became very much a, a, a like the Sam Raimi signature. I mean, like the, those those wild camera shots and, and angles that he would take, and the way he used the camera to to sh- just kind of show a visual like a, a level of movement in, in frenetic action that uh, was very unique at the time. And I mean, fast forwarding past the Evil Dead stuff, when when Sam Amy really started to become get get mainstream attention, uh, I remember you and I sitting in Ballroom Twenty at at Comic Con way back when, when they were previewing footage for Spider Man Two, and yes. they they played that footage of of the uh, uh, Doctor Octavius's robot arms coming together and attacking the Doctors, and you and I were like, oh my god, this is straight out of Evil Dead. Yeah, for for. For Evil Dead fans who who saw that that footage and you know eventually saw that that movie, I mean that that scene was was very reminiscent of Evil Dead. And I remember when Raimi was announced as the director of the original Spider Man, I was I was very excited because one, Sam Raimi was a director that I really liked, but he always remained on kind of a smaller scale, and so I was excited to see him kind of get a step up and, and get a big budget film. And I just thought his visual style uh, would be very appropriate for a Spider-Man movie. And yeah, a character yeah. who, prior to those films, I never much cared for. So. <laughs> well, we don't have to get into your, your Spider-Man hate right now. That, that's a whole no, different no, podcast. No, no, no. But <laughs> I, I only say that to, to emphasize how much I liked Sam Raimi, the fact that they were making a Spider-Man movie, but I was still excited about it because Sam Raimi was attached to it. Yeah, no, uh, agreed. And I, I, you know, I think you and I, and, and a small contingent of other people across the, across, across the, the globe, you know, who had be, by that point had become fans of, of Sam Raimi, you know, we're really excited by that possibility. Uh, I, I yeah. think going back though, I think honestly, I think the first time and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I kind of sort of feel like the first Sam Raimi movie we actually watched was Dark Man. Yes, which was a a, a superhero I, movie before superhero movies were even a thing. Absolutely, Dark Man is fucking great. <laughs> it really is. It's it's an awesome, uh, you know, r- relatively unknown Liam Neeson, just being a badass, losing his mind, melting his face. Yeah, great cameo from Bruce like- Campbell. And yeah, cameo by Bruce Campbell, probably probably the first time we ever saw Bruce Campbell in a film. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't think about that until I was getting ready to, to talk to you today about this. But I was like, man, I think Darkman might have been the first Raimi movie we ever saw. Yeah, I don't think I've ever thought of it in, in that way, but yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, interesting. Um, going going back to the Evil Dead. You know, the it, it definitely seems like the first film was meant to be kind of like a standalone thing, right? Or would you would you agree, disagree? No, it was definitely meant to be standalone. Yeah, because uh, you know, at, at the end of it, you definitely get the impression that Ash should be dead. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but uh, the, you know, the movie got a a, a cult following quickly, and and uh, next thing you know, they're back in the, back in the woods doing another one. And I, yeah, I mean, about seven years later. 
Okay, it's about seven years between the the filming times. Yeah, six or seven. I think part two was released in 1987, so I think it was like five or six years between the actual making the between the release of Evil Dead One and the making of Evil Dead Two. Yeah, and Evil Dead One is is, is it, it kind of boils down to the kind of film that's uh, you know survive the night, see the dawn, and and you've won kind of thing, except for at the very yeah. end when you're like ah maybe not. <laughs> Yeah, it's very much survivalist horror. Yeah. Now, what did you think? I'm I'm curious how you would look at it, and you can you you can tell me your point of view from when when you saw it as a, as a, as a younger person and your your point of view on it now. But you get a very different kind of uh, rehashing of events when Evil Dead Two starts. There's a bit of a kind of like a revisionist history to the events of the first yeah. film. What did you think yeah. about that? Because you know, in, like we said in the first film, it's a group of of, of friends who go out into the woods and everyone dies except for Ash Williams. In, in, uh, when Evil Dead 2 starts and we get kind of like a little mini recap of the first film, it's just Ash and his girlfriend for a romantic weekend where, you know, apparently he was going to propose the marriage. Did you, did you kind was of, was going to propose the marriage? I don't think that was, I part. thought that was the thing. Cause it didn't have like the, or no, I guess he had like the nice necklace though. Right. It was the, pendant. It, was just the it, was, it was the necklace. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're right. It. You're right. Um, but how did, how did you, did you have any problems with that? Or were you like, nah, okay, fine. I don't have any problems with it. And I, I, I think when you understand kind of the, the making of the original Evil Dead, you understand the opening of, of Evil Dead 2 a little bit better. Yes, it's a recap. At the same time, I've always thought of Evil Dead 2 as kind of a sequel and a remake all at the same time. Because... When you go back to the original Evil Dead, it was halfway through the the filming process that, if I understand this correctly, Sam Raimi kind of realized the film he wanted to make. And you almost notice it in the original Evil Dead because about halfway through the film, everything just gets manic and it, it's when every it, it's when that sort of frenetic pace really ramps up and he gets ultra creative with the camera and i think evil dead 2 is almost him kind of making the film that he more or less set out to make when he made the original evil dead yeah right on so yeah no that makes a ton of sense um yeah, it, it's funny. I've I I never really butted up against it too because, uh, especially as I've gotten older and I try to introduce people to the film who had never seen it before, which I feel like not that. I feel like most people nowadays have come across these movies by now. But back in the day when it, I was like, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's probably the most popular cult classic. Yeah, and I think, and I, I'm going to give you and I a lot of credit for that because <laughs> we showed it to yeah. we showed it to a ton of people when we when we were young, and oh, uh, I I rented it from Blockbuster. I don't know how many times you couldn't buy Evil Dead one and two. Right, so they were hard to get yeah. for a long time. Yeah, and I, I'm sure somewhere we still have like the VHS copies from like Suncoast when they finally got VHS versions to sell. <laughs> oh, they're they're in a box somewhere. Yeah. I've got them. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, I, I would try to explain to people when I, when I was going to show it to them the first time. I would I would actually start with Evil Dead Two, and I was like, listen, Evil Dead One's great, but you kind of don't need it. S- like, stay in this lane. Like, this is the lane you want to be in. 
And if you yeah. become a fan, if you enjoy it, then you go back and you watch Evil Dead One and, and you appreciate fully like the the history and kind of like where it came from, its its beginnings. But Evil Dead Two was such a perfect, like you said. I mean, it kind of recaps, but it's kind of a reboot at the same time. Yeah, and it's it's just a wonderful introduction because, again, like you said, the 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 tone in Evil Dead Two is consistent throughout. It's yes. it's nuts from the first minute to the last. It is a demented Looney Tunes cartoon. It really, really is. It really, really is. And and uh, uh, why Bruce Campbell is not a multi-millionaire celebrity, I'll never know. But he's got his. He's got enough fame for 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 anybody. <laughs> well, look, I, I so I rewatched the films prior to this, and I actually hadn't sat down and watched one, two, and three in a row. Um, for years and I have to say Bruce Campbell is a really underrated actor oh sure yeah like he he really sells it he's he's owning it and you know especially when you get to Evil Dead 2 and his hand gets possessed you just really feel like his hand is possessed and he doesn't have control of it. I, I think especially when it came to like the physical aspects of acting, he just fucking nailed it. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that. So. <laughs> right on. I love it. Oh my gosh. Oh, I just did a Google search. Apparently the evil dead will be playing in San Diego. Uh, very soon. There's there's screenings November 2nd and 3rd. At the landmark oh, cool. in San Diego. That's pretty awesome. of Evil Dead 2 like you said it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a wild and crazy cartoon basically but like were there specific scenes that, that really jumped out to you that, that kind of stay with you to this day that just really impressed the hell out of you oh man <laughs> <laughs> so mean, many it, it's so it's so many um, like you have to understand I think of Evil Dead 2 is, I think it's a masterpiece and I think it it's almost a perfect film. Maybe it is a perfect film. So much of it stands out to me. Um, it's a movie where I feel like every element of the filmmaking comes together to complement each other from, from the camera work, which, which we talked about, uh, the sound effects, the visual effects, production design, art design, models, lighting, all of it. But I mean, one of my, I, I think that ending that ending to me is absolutely phenomenal with him getting sucked through the vortex, landing in 1300 AD and realizing that he's this prophesied one 
Yeah, you from the Necronomicon. And yeah, you realize that scene beforehand was just foreshadow. Though. What's that? You just realize it, it, that's when you have like that moment where you realize that when he was going through the book earlier, and you're, you're hearing about these things that that is just foreshadowing the end of the movie. And it's yeah. like one of those things you're like, oh my god. Yeah, and it, it's it's such a great bittersweet moment, a wonderful cliffhanger to end your film on. Um, it's it's almost to the level of. Of Empire Strikes Back. No, it, it's it, 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 you're you're 100 right. I agree with you. I, lo- I love the end of that film so much, and the, the kind of like realization that Ash has as you know he's just a guy who's just trying to survive the night, trying to make it out of this cabin, make it out of these woods. You know, he's just lost his his girlfriend, and by the end of Evil Dead Two, a whole handful of other people have died as well. And now he's sucked in a vortex, and he's supposed to be like the chosen one to save everybody. And it's just kind of like one of those moments you're like, "Oh, damn!" <laughs> yeah. he, he did not want that responsibility. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really really a cool cool ending. Um, I, I, yeah. I, for for me, the signature scene in that in that film is always going to be uh, when he has to cut his own hand off. Yeah. I love that scene so much when his hand goes bad. <laughs> yep. And then basically just tries to kill him the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it's great. And, and you know, kind of going back to what I was saying about his acting, when, to, to just kind of set it up, his hand has knocked him unconscious, and it, it sees, his hand sees a butcher knife, and it's dragging his body towards the butcher knife because it's going to cut him up. And, Right as it, it's the the hand is about to grab the butcher knife, a knife comes down. <laughs> Ash has stabbed his own hand, and the look of pain on Bruce Campbell's face as he just says, "That's right." <laughs> he just starts screaming, "Who's laughing now?" As he cuts his hand off with a chainsaw. Is, I mean, yeah, it 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 definitely stands out as one of the most memorable moments from from the film. Yeah, and, and of course that leads in right into my next favorite moment, which is which is uh, uh, Bruce Bruce or I'm sorry, I guess I should say Ash, uh, making his new hand, more or less, out of a chainsaw. Out of a chainsaw. <laughs> which I still haven't quite figured out how that works, but I love it nonetheless. Yeah, you know. I feel like that's weighted a little strangely, but whatever. I'm okay with it. You know, I, I think the things with these these films like they are so so kind of manic and so insane that that you are willing to go with it. You're just like, okay, sure, whatever, that's fine. Maybe he rigged some device. I have no idea. I have no idea how that would actually work. But hey, as I mean, long as it works, <laughs> it's it's cool. I don't care. <laughs> you know, it is, it is rather funny though. The, you know, he has like the very unique device in Evil Dead too for, for starting the chainsaw, you know, that little clip that will hold the, yes. hold the cord and they kind of do away with it in three, but it was a neat little touch. I thought to kind of add some, I don't know if authenticity is the right word, but like add a little touch of reality, like a little splash. Like, Oh yeah, that makes in sense. Three, you kind of want to think. In three, he does pull the cord. No, no, he does, but he, he, he does it much more traditionally, you know, with his other hand. But I kind of right. like that little touch, yeah. you know, he's like, cause he's got the, the boom stick in one hand and then he needs the other hand yeah. to be able to activate itself. That's so, right. Yeah. So it was just like a little, little touch that I enjoyed a little, little detail that yeah. uh, I, I definitely appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. 
And um, I, I guess one of the things I want to ask you about too, and I, you know, perhaps this is just the, the 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 cult status of the movie initially achieved. But I mean, <laughs> this movie's so quotable. Like, why are these films so quotable? Melodramatic dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> Melodramatic dialogue delivered by actors who believed 100% in that dialogue and just owned it and sold it. You know, they, 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 they were utterly unselfconscious in delivering it. A lesser actor would have been like, oh, this is cheesy, this is stupid, this is beneath me. But these actors all bought into it for whatever reason, you know, probably because of belief in, in Sam Raimi and, sure. and his vision. And and they, they just sold the hell out of it. The hell out of it. Uh, what do you think about I, I suppose by today's standards, I don't I don't know I don't even know if today's standards apply. But the the the, the gore factor, the splatter factor, I mean how impressive yeah. is that to look at? How what? How impressive is that to look at and kind of see what they were doing with with stuff that was, you know, I mean, bloody movies were not new by any means, but the kind of like the way they were using like blood and guts kind of stuff. I mean, it's very different than what was happening at the times. Yeah, I mean, they definitely took it to to new levels. Um, you know, and I, I think by today's standards, it, it might almost be tame for the most part, because you go back and, and you look at Evil Dead 2, and there's really, it's all over the top, but there's really two moments in the film where the blood just is a fountain geyser. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. And during, and one thing I, I was noticing as I rewatched them was I it felt earned to me. Like they had, they had kind of like slowly built up to it mm-hmm. so that, so that every time it's, you get the, this geyser of blood and it, it's cathartic because, because of what's happening is either just absolute insanity or, or, or terror. And, it's this cathartic moment that, that allows the audience to, to kind of laugh and, and recognize that, you know, it, it's fantasy, it's all in good fun. But again, it, it, it's this hyper-realistic world, so you can just throw gallons of blood, pump gallons of blood onto, onto your actors. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty great the way they were able to incorporate that. And, and you know... Uh... I, I just feel like there's there's it'd be really hard to make a film like that nowadays because I do, I do feel like horror's kind of in one of those shifts where they're kind of going back to we want the violence to be appear real, you know? Right. Which is, yeah, is which is good fun. and bad. There, there there's pros and cons to that. I'm I'm not arguing that. Um, but uh, you know I, it, it, I think it's just hard for a movie like The Evil Dead. It would be hard for that kind of movie to exist nowadays. I think in a lot of ways. Do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> I, I, I think today there's so much media that there's there's kind of something for everyone. Um, but that said, I, you know, I, I think in terms of what you see in cinemas, like no, you're not you're not getting gallons and gallons of blood. The um, yeah, I, I think that the studios definitely want 
kind of more restrained films, quote unquote, more realistic. So, yeah, it's, but that said, I, I, I don't know if it's a shame because I think kind of what I was saying before with in the hands of, of, of someone talented and skilled like Sam Raimi, those those moments feel feel earned so that even though you're getting this ridiculous amount of gore on screen, it doesn't ever feel gratuitous. Whereas in the hands of a lesser filmmaker, I think it would feel gratuitous. They wouldn't know when it was earned and they would just kind of throw blood and gore at the camera just for the sake of throwing excess blood and gore at the camera. So right. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I, I, I think it just kind of depends on the filmmaker because... Like if you look at Quentin Tarantino, you look at you look at like Kill Bill. There's massive amounts of, of blood in that movie. Yeah, but again, particularly in, in the it sword fight. Feel gratuitous. Yeah, because Tarantino knows what he's doing. Well, I, I think also there's a fair amount of like you, you know what you're getting into with a Tarantino flick. Uh, and, and, right. and maybe the same can be said for the Evil Dead. It's like okay, I know what I know what I'm getting into with this. I, I you know I'm I'm familiar enough. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, the, the gore was, was such a huge factor in the first one. By the time you get to the end of that film, I mean, they're they're throwing uh, they're they're throwing cans of Alpo dog food in, in Bruce Campbell's face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. So it's like by the time you see the second one, it's just kind of like you, you know what to expect if if you saw it the first one. So yeah, and it, it, you know, it's funny. It's funny. I'm using I'm, we're using the word gore, but I don't even know if that's hundred percent the right word because it's not like you know with these films it's not like it's over the top like you know guys pulling out like real looking intestines or anything like that I mean it's it's just it's just blood and spray and splatter yeah yeah it's just it, it, it's it's bloody it's not so much yeah you're not getting yeah, like, you're, you know you're, you're not getting brain people. matter anywhere or stuff like that yeah so I mean, yeah, I feel like gore maybe is not the right word, but it, it you know I guess it's appropriate enough. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. Um, I feel like we should talk about the movie that should be called Evil Dead Three. <laughs> you want to get into that? The medieval dead. The medieval dead, exactly, as it was yeah, supposed to be originally I, titled. I, yeah, absolutely. So, Evil Dead. Evil Dead 3, The Medieval Dead, which is now known as Army of Darkness popularly. Um, yeah. Filmed many years after Evil Dead 2. <laughs> and uh, a very different tone, I would say. Yes. Would you agree? Yeah, you, you agree. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely more of an, an adventure comedy than it is a horror comedy or a straight horror film. Yeah, I mean, do you know? I don't know much about uh, the production of the film. Do you? Do you know any? Do you know have any, any have any information on, on? I don't know any any of the filming of that flick. I mean, I I know a little bit about it, mm-hmm. um, but I think in terms of why that choice was made, I, I think that was a choice made by Sam Raimi. That was okay. that was just kind of the, the direction he wanted to take it. I think he thought that, um, you know, he he had done the horror thing. And, and as much as he wanted to, um, to remain true to the roots, he also wanted 
to to expand it as well and and almost kind of an homage to films that he grew up watching like Jason and the Argonauts. I know that was a big influence on Army of Darkness. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, they, they had a, just like the, in the previous films. I mean, he he had a relatively small budget. I mean, eleven million dollars on Army of Darkness, and the the gross in the USA was was eleven million five hundred and two thousand dollars. So they made their money back at least. <laughs> which total? Total, yeah. Wow. Oh man. Yeah. I know it didn't last long in theaters. No, I don't, and I don't think they got a worldwide world, worldwide release because the gross for the in that column is the same as the gross worldwide. So it. It said cumulative worldwide gross, and it's the same amount as USA gross. So I, I, I guess they they kept that one domestic. Actually, no, they they didn't. I actually I I have because overseas they actually got the original ending. Oh. I know that that the the original um, kind of decimated doomsday future ending of army of darkness was attached to the film overseas so they got it in some capacity. all right so so maybe the information on imdb is not accurate which i suppose is is 100 possible for a movie that came out in 1993 <laughs> yeah and yeah. it's it's funny you bring up the the original ending now uh, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later um but again yeah. just like in evil dead 2 there's kind of a bit of a uh playing with with history a little bit as far as where the you know how evil dead 2 ends to where evil dead or i'm gonna call it evil dead 3 just to make things simple it's fine to where evil dead 3 starts yeah you know uh, you know evil dead 2 ends and he's being lauded as the chosen one as the hero but when when evil dead 3 opens i mean he's in he's in chains yes and it's an interesting choice i felt yeah, for for sure. Um, that I I am not one hundred percent certain as to the reason why they chose that. It's it's something that I've always kind of overlooked, though, because I feel like we get to that point in Army of Darkness. So, um, and I th- I, I think it. It's, it's almost a little bit more credible than an ending where a guy falls out of the sky, you know, he shoots a winged demon and everyone's just like, oh my God, he's the chosen one, bow down. Whereas this is just like, what the fuck is this? Who are you? you like, no, into the pit with you. You know, I, I feel like Army of Darkness almost has a more, for lack of a better term, realistic opening than the ending of Evil Dead 2, as much as I love the ending. Of Evil Dead too. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I think you also, uh, from a, a storytelling perspective, you had to c- create some kind of conflict. You know, you, you, right. you can't have a film where the the hero just rolls in and is like unopposed leader of an army to fight the Deadites. You know, yes. so you you had to create the the art the, the I guess King Arthur character and 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 have him be like, no, this guy's a, a fraud kind of thing. You know, right? And then you obviously you incorporate the the other army that they're fighting and that, and that kind of thing. And, you know, I, storytelling wise, it made, made more sense, I think to do that. Yeah. But it is interesting. The tone of the film is much more comical. And I, th- I think that goes back to what you were saying. He, uh, you know, Raimi was just trying to evolve the story uh, to something that was, I, I, I think he, maybe he didn't want the film to be limited just to horror fans. I think so too. Uh, I think an important thing to remember about Sam Raimi is that, he was never 
like a horror guy. It's not that he didn't like horror films or anything, but it was just simply that he always intended to make more than just horror movies. He just it just so happened that his first film was The Evil Dead, and it became this cult classic phenomenon. And he almost kind of got got pigeonholed, or not even pigeonholed, because he didn't really he didn't really make horror films outside of that. But so many people just thought of him and Evil Dead. So I think he wanted to to expand it. You know? No, no, no. It, it makes a, it makes a ton of sense. And again, I mean, in a, in a lot of ways, the movie is more epic in scope because it's you know you we've moved beyond the cabin. You know, we're we're in a bigger world now. You know, yeah. in in theory, the battles are bigger. You know, the 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 Evil Dead are more. Uh, more visual this time around as opposed to just kind of being, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be backtracking a little bit. I don't want to say that necessarily, but okay. I mean, you, you do see an army of the dead. I mean, the dead rise and yes. you get the, you got, you got the bones and, but you get to see kind of Ash continue his inventive streak, uh, by using modern technology. And he's got his, his chem books to keep making like yes. weaponry to fight the evil dead. Uh, it's, 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 it's a fun romp. I mean, like you said, it's, it's an action adventure, but it's a fun time too. Absolutely, I like. I don't mind the, the transition um, from from horror to to adventure. It, it feels entirely appropriate. And, and like I said, I, I just rewatched it. These movies, I I literally finished Army of Darkness an hour before you called, and like I, it had been more time. Uh, more time had passed since my previous viewing of that movie than than any of the others. Like, I had watched Evil Dead 1 and 2, I think, a few years ago, but it had probably been five years, if not more, since I'd seen Army of Darkness. And that movie, it like, it is a finely tuned machine. Mm-hmm. It gets in, it gets out, it doesn't waste any time. Um, it's, it's a very efficient film. And... It, it does. It, it expands the world. It expands on the character of Ash. So I, I I think it. I almost feel like it gets a little bit of a bad rap from the more hardcore Evil Dead fans. Yeah, I think that's fair too. Um, I mean, as as I don't I don't necessarily want to rank the films per se, but I mean I do enjoy Evil Dead two more. But Army of Darkness is fun as hell. I'll watch it anytime it's on or. They're, I feel like they're rarely on, but I'll, I'll pop it on any time yeah. and be happy. Yeah. With with this film, I, I think one of the biggest differences is, uh, you know, there's there's major Hollywood studio participation in this film. I mean, it's a, it's a universal movie. Yes. And I'm I'm curious. Obviously, we're 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 going into opinion here, but I mean, do you, do you obviously Universal? It's documented. They they really screwed up the release of the film. But do you feel like they did anything to help this movie come along? What do you mean, come along? Uh, I mean, it, it seems like they kind of agreed to make this movie, and then they never wanted to release it, <laughs> which is just bizarre. And again, I know we're talking about opinion here, but I just wondered if you knew or had any thoughts on the matter. Well, the the little... Yeah, it's, it's hard to say, because the little bit that I know about the making of Army of Darkness is that it was still financed by Dino De Laurentiis, who... 
let Sam Raimi and Rob Tapp- Tappert and Bruce Campbell kind of kind of do what they wanted with the film. But then when it came to distribution, you know, it, that was up to Universal, and Universal kind of edited the film down. Um, and yeah, you know, I remember seeing like one commercial for it when mm-hmm. I was a kid before it was released, and that was kind of it. Uh, it, it. It came and went in theaters. I don't think they did much to help it. Yeah, I don't know if there's much validity to this, um, but one of the things uh, that I found on IMDb is that there was a feud between Universal and Dino De Laurentiis. Um, okay. And it, it was stemming from the rights to Hannibal Lecter when they were trying to do a... I don't, I'm not sure if this has had to do when they were trying to film Signs of the Lambs or if it was when they were trying... I'm assuming this has had to do with Signs of the Lambs. <laughs> it, it, silence was around that time, so yeah. Yeah, but. so it, it, because there were some kind of rights issues with with Hannibal Lecter, pro- oh, probably trying to get Hannibal Lecter in because he was already in the, in the other film... The TV movie, right? The yeah. the Manhunter. Manhunter was that a TV film? I think so, but I guess there was. I guess Hannibal Lecter, because he's depicted in that. I don't know. It, it's complicated legalese, but I guess there was a feud between Universal and Dino over that because Dino was involved in in those. I guess. Yeah. But apparently, once the feud was settled, Universal decided to recut the film, which apparently nobody liked. <laughs> so surprise, surprise. You know what? I I don't think the the theatrical cut is that bad. No, it's fine. I mean, that's, you know? for the longest time, that's what we watched. I mean, that was all that was available yeah. to us. Yeah. You know, we we watched so, that version and we watched it happily. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of? Uh, let, let, let let's go ahead and talk about. Actually, no. One more thing. In this okay. film, we get we get we get to see Ash at work. We get to see what what uh, profession Ash works in. How did you like? <laughs> how did you enjoy S Mart? <laughs> I love it. Um, it's not exactly what I would have imagined for the character, but uh, but at the same time, I think it's great. It just kind of makes him. It, it, it just sort of reaffirms that point of him just being an everyman. He's not an action hero. He's just a dude that works in retail. It also... <laughs> and, that, and that's it. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's funny, too. It also bears kind of mentioning that uh, if for the flashback scenes um, in, in, the, in the opening of the film, you know, with a kind of, reca- again, recapping uh, the, the prior movies, you know, yes. once again, we get, we get a, a recast Linda, but this time played by, uh, by uh, upcoming Bridget Fonda, which... Bridget Fonda. That came out of nowhere, huh? Good on her for being in one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah, right on. <laughs> Bridget Fonda, known for Army of Darkness and Singles in My Life. That's about it. <laughs> hey, don't forget about Point of No Return, the American version of La Femme Nikita. Mm, when moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, but let's go ahead and let, let's talk about the ending of, of the movie. You know, uh, okay. S-Mart in particular... You know, we, we get that S-Mart ending. That's the theatrical release in the United States. And that's yeah. the version that all of us know from watching it either on theater, in theaters or on VHS for a million years. But then, like, yes. the internet, then, like, I forget where we first heard about it. Like, whether it was, like, from it, during the dawn of the internet or if you'd read it in a magazine or something. But it, it, was, it was in the Army of Darkness comic book. You're right. Dark Horse did the adaptation, and they had the original ending 
in the comic book. And we were like, what the hell is this? And then yeah, we found we out like, that it was that's real. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, and for anyone who's not familiar, which if, if you're friends with us in real life, uh, we probably have shown you the real ending to Army of Darkness <laughs> at least once, maybe more than once. But it, it, it kind of continues the cycle of Ash not quite getting things right and ending up where he's not supposed to. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so instead of saying the instead of taking the potion and, and, and saying the words and waking up in his time, he ends up miscounting, taking an extra drop and waking up in an apocalyptic future where the deadites have taken over London. And it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. One of, yeah. One of my favorite matte paintings in a film ever. It's so good. It's it's so cluttered. It's just like it doesn't look like there's any sense to the city. It's just like that's why I kind of like it because it's like all those <laughs> they pick every I- iconic image from from London and they they shoehorn it all together. It's fantastic. I loved it. It's like well, a giant collage. And there's there's some buildings you can kind of tell they're supposed to be like future buildings. It's like what the f- like what is that? Yeah, it's, it's like a mishmash of old London and, and like a imagined future London, you know. But you still have like Big Ben yeah. in the background, and I think you see like Tower Bridge in there too. Yeah, yeah, Big Ben is kind of like front and center. It's like that's how you know, okay, this is England and it's destroyed. But I mean, I guess in in, in hindsight, obviously, it was it was probably savvy that they didn't include that in it since we never got another Evil Dead film. Right. Sadly, and, and I should say. I'm sorry. I should say, sadly, we never got another Evil Dead film. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I, I mean, I've always liked the uh, smart ending, um, but for two reasons. One, it's just a lot of fun. Sure. You get you get the iconic line of Hail to the King, baby. Um, but also the fact that the Doomsday ending, the cliffhanger ending kind of promises an Evil Dead 4, and it never came to fruition. Mm-hmm. So if you want to watch just kind of like a closed storyline from beginning to end, I think the SMR ending is kind of perfect. Yeah, I think I think you're right. As much as I, as much as I love that ending, knowing that they were never going to pick it up, you know, I, I, I think over, the, over time I've come to accept that ending more and more. Yeah, and uh, you know it was only a few years ago that the the series did get a, a new life with with Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. coming back to play Ash as uh, yeah. uh, on uh, what was it? it wasn't Showtime was it was it Showtime Stars Stars yeah Stars had the uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead uh, TV series for three seasons and you you yes. you recently watched this to completion correct I recently watched it I was opposed to. I wasn't opposed to them making it, but when I saw the trailers for it, I, I just thought this doesn't look very good to me. <laughs> and and after watching it, I feel mostly justified. I, now, I admit, I've only managed to, to watch the first two seasons, um, so I have not finished it. The show was canceled after season three. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of how you feel about it. Like It's like, oh, well, it was fun for now, but it's I'm glad it's over kind of thing. Yeah, I, it like it was very hit or miss. It, it had some moments that that I thought were really good, but but overall, for me, the show was just kind of a caricature of the movies. And when I when I talk about kind of like er, earned gratuity as far as the blood and gore were concerned, 
the show just I mean I felt like I felt like the show never quite earned it they just kind of threw excess amounts of blood and gore because they felt like that's what fans of Evil Dead wanted and what they expected um, so there, there's a lot of fan service there ultimately my biggest gripe with the show was that I thought they made Ash too stupid <laughs> I kind of I, I, I think I agree with you on that I, I wasn't 100% on board with uh, his uh, lack of intelligence for Especially since he had been been portrayed in the film as, you know, somewhat clever. Right. So I I, I agree with you. He's a person, he he does, like, he makes mistakes. He does dumb things from time to time, but everyone does. But overall, he's fairly intelligent. I mean, he builds a chainsaw hand. He builds a mechanical hand. He, you know, creates... A death coaster to fight an army of the dead. Yeah, like he's not—he's not, he's not a, a total dumbass. <laughs> and the fact—the fact that the whole premise of the show was that one night, in order to get laid, he got high with some girl and opened the Necronomicon and decided to read from it. I just thought it was like this is, this is moronic. I don't understand why you would have that be the reason. Yeah, fair enough. You know, it's just my opinion. No, no, I, 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 I definitely agree with you on that. But I was like, well, I guess we got to get it started somehow. So I just kind of accepted it. I mean, That's true, but I thought there were, I thought there were moments to go back and show that maybe Ash had been manipulated somehow into doing that, and that would have justified the whole thing for me. But they never did that. Well, I think for I think for a lot of us who are who are, who consider ourselves pretty you know, fairly hardcore fans of, of the series. I mean, I think the show does kind of equate to, you know, a, a fair amount of missed opportunity. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, as much as, you know, I thought season one was, was fairly strong. So I was definitely on board for season two. And I thought season two had a lot of good moments to it. And I, especially, yeah. especially towards this, the back half when I got, I got really interested when they were like, we have to go back to the cabin. And I was like, Oh shit, that's interesting. I'm kind of into this. But then they start playing around time travel again and it, it, for me it got a little messy it definitely gets messy the the, the the time travel is I'm opposed to time travel in most stories which makes and, it hard for you to watch and, Back to the Future what's that? which makes it very hard for you to watch Back to the Future yes well I think Back <laughs> to the Future is really the only time travel movie movies that, that get it right um <laughs> So, Mark's also so, an astrophysicist so, so yeah. on his spare time. <laughs> so, so yeah, they 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 messed around with time travel and they just kind of made a mess of things. And then when when it came time to explain why certain things didn't make sense, they they just kind of said one of the characters says like, "Oh yeah, we went back in time and I was dead and now I'm alive." But nothing else changed. Isn't that weird? That was their explanation for it. Yeah, I remember and you telling I, me about that, and I was, I was like, yeah, they, they obviously didn't realize they were making problems until way too late. <laughs> yeah, because um, I remember talking end. to a friend of mine who was also watching the show at the end of season two, and I was like, I think they just created a temporal paradox, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it, 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 
yeah, it, it just it it just doesn't make sense. It it doesn't it doesn't add up. But that said, I mean, you know, the, there were things that the show did that that I liked. They kind of expanded on the lore, yeah, and who the dark ones were, yeah, like the, the, yeah. the people that wrote the Necronomicon. I liked all of that stuff. No, I I agree know, with so. you. I, I thought when they, when they were adding to the mythology, that was when I really liked that show the most. Yeah, and and I agree, and like. Uh, you know, for as many, in my opinion, misses as the show had, I'm so glad the show was was able to exist for three seasons. And you get a, you do get some more Bruce Campbell just being a cool guy. I just think Bruce Campbell deserves more fame than he has. So anytime he gets <laughs> to be a, be a star somewhere, I'm okay with it. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so it was recently sh- uh, shared that uh, you know a couple weeks ago the New York New York City had their New York Comic Con. And uh, Sam Raimi is quoted as saying, "There's more Evil Dead coming. Does this excite you or fill you with dread?" I'm kind of indifferent at it about it at this point. Um, you know, I mean, no, nobody knows well, what he means. You know, Bruce, Bruce Campbell. That? Nobody yeah. knows what he means. Uh, Bruce Campbell's kind of on the record saying, like, he's he's now retired from from being Ash. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, so yeah. we, we don't know if he's referring to the original series. Or the TV show, or a sequel to the remake, or if it's going to be a reboot, no one really knows what he means. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, it, it's just interesting. I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, you know the Evil Dead will, will possibly ex- exist in another incarnation. But speaking of other incarnations, what were your thoughts on the remake film from you know several years back? Oh, jeez. Um, that was I that was like a, that was Fetty Alvarez, right? Yes. And, and yeah, I wasn't crazy about it. It struck me as a missed opportunity. Um, I mean, they, 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 they went straight certain, horror with this movie. They, uh, they tried. Yeah. Like, uh, it, I don't think there's a funny thing in that movie at all. <laughs> not intentional. No, not, not, really. not intentionally <laughs> funny, at least. Not intentionally funny. Yeah. Um, like I liked the look of it. I think the the girl the, who played the the lead role. I thought she was pretty good. Uh, um, I remember enjoying the last act when it starts literally raining blood. Right, right. Um, you know, there were certain things about it that I was like, oh, that that's kind of cool. That's that's fun. But overall. Like yeah, it just it just didn't make a whole lot of sense uh, as as far as like this. If I remember correctly, it was like the the evil was possessing them because it wanted them to skin themselves or skin each other, kill each other, so that it could bring about the resurrection of some kind of abomination. And then when the abomination happens or comes forth, it's just like a girl crawling on the, on the ground and you're just like I don't why is this scary I don't know <laughs> yeah, fair enough yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the movie didn't uh, really make much of an impression on me I, I think for stretches of it I was pretty bored there were some um, there were a few like interesting visual things like you mentioned um, but yeah it, it never really permeated and obviously it didn't do you know numbers they never made a sequel to it so 
Well, actually, if if I remember correctly, I think it actually did pretty well, but it was just that Evil Dead fans were just kind of like, come on, give us the real thing. <laughs> it, it It is kind of interesting. I mean, you know, we're to a point now where, you know, obviously like Sam Raimi says, like, you know, he wants to do more Evil Dead stuff. But I think one of the one of the big parts of the allure is is Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams. And, and, you know, and, you know, and, and Bruce is getting older. I don't, I don't think he wants to play as much anymore with his giant chainsaw hand. Right. I mean, look, whatever incarnation Evil Dead comes back in, if it does come back, I will gladly go to the cinema or watch it on TV. Um, because I've kind of come to a point where it's just like you can make all the remakes and, and sequels of movies movies Jesus that I loved when I was Christ. a kid, they're not going to affect my opinion of those original films. So so do whatever you want. I mean, I get a little tired of it. I'd, I'd like to see some more original ideas coming out of Hollywood. But, but go ahead, have at it. And if it's good, it's good. And if it's not, it's not. Uh, for anybody who's hearing pounding on the microphone right now, that's my stupid upstairs neighbors who have been <laughs> fucking around for like the last week and a half, banging shit into the walls. And all I have to say is stop the hammering. For God's stop sake. Goddamn stop the goddamn hammering. <laughs> shit. Would you please hold the goddamn hammering now? All right. Sorry about that. No, I, I agree with you. I'm, I... I want to see Evil Dead exist, but I do think there's an uphill battle against some fans who are just, uh, you know, they if they if, if it doesn't have Bruce, I'm, I, they 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 will rail against it. Yeah, I've, you know. But the, the, but this is how a lot of a lot of uh, you know pop culture things have to be. I mean, you know, you can't have Shatner as Captain Kirk right now. He's, it, it doesn't make sense. They have Star Trek has to evolve and grow. So does the Evil Dead. I think you could still have Shatner as Captain Kirk. <laughs> well, it'd be, it'd be really sad now because there's no one left alive to be on the crew with him except George Takei. I, actually, I, mean, I guess the show Nichols is still alive. Yeah, that's that too. <laughs> so that could be really interesting. I, I can't even remember. Is Chekhov still alive? I don't know. Yes, I'm pretty sure. I think yeah, but he's not in great health, and uh, I think the show Nichols is still around too. So I think, but oh fucking hammering, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, we we may have to wrap this up sick quickly because I don't want to listen to that shit while I'm trying to record. Oh my god, how unprofessional yeah. is that? They don't even know I'm recording down here. What a bunch of jerks! Assholes. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to want to get out about the Evil Dead? Anything else you want to share with people for anyone who maybe hasn't seen any of the Evil Dead films? I mean, look, these are just there's some of the greatest horror films ever made. Each one is kind of tonally different from the last. Um, so I, I, I just highly recommend them. Um, I think you'll find one that definitely appeals to you more than the others for whatever reason, but I definitely think they're worth a watch. And if you do like them and if you do enjoy them, if you want to continue to learn about how they were made, there's a lot of material out there to learn about that, such as what you said before, Bruce Campbell's If Chins Could Kill. There's also um, The Evil Dead Companion written by Bill Warren. There's a lot of I, cool information in that book. You're right. Yeah, I, I highly recommend. 
like these are the I I would credit these films more than any other as to the the reason why I went to film school. So if you're interested in filmmaking, maybe you're just interested in filmmaking and don't necessarily want to make your own movies. But if you do want to make your own movies, they serve as a great film school because it's it's like simple it's simple tricks used very very effectively if that makes sense yeah it's not like what han solo says in star wars it's not a lot of simple tricks and nonsense it's actual simple tricks and useful sense yes i think <laughs> you had to bring star wars into it well you know i the way you phrase that made me instantly think of that scene with with han and, and the falcon talking about how gotcha. the force is simple tricks and nonsense gotcha uh mark Thank you so much for, for joining us on this special Evil Dead episode. Thank you for having me. Where can the, the the nice people find you on social media? Do you want them to? Sure. Uh, M. Wegemer on Twitter. Should I spell Wegemer? Let's do it. W-E-G-E-M-E-R. There so it is. M. Wegemer uh, on Twitter and M.R. Wegemer on Instagram. There it is. Find him on yeah. Instagram. He's he's stopped taking pictures of clocks, so it's it's a lot better now. Yeah, I haven't taken a picture since uh, the Mastodon concert. So. <laughs> You're right. That I'm was not, the last picture I saw. Yeah, I'm not very active on social media. I I, I, I tr- I'm trying to be better, but it, I just I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, if you do care about social media, you can follow us at Tomcast underscore Popcast on Twitter and at the Tomcast underscore Popcast on Instagram. And if you have the time, write us a five star review. Small podcasts like this need all the help we can get, and those five star reviews go a long way to helping us out. Uh, Mark, thanks again for joining us. And Thank you. Uh, uh, I think I think we have to end this show the way uh, that Ash ended Army of Darkness. And we say, hail to the king, baby. Hail to the king, baby. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Ciao, babes. Sure, I could have stayed in the past. Could have even been king. But in my own way, I am king. Hail to the king, baby. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions!